Hi, and welcome to this special episode of Forest for the Future. This is another one of the episodes where we're warming up to the FSC General Assembly taking place in Bali, Indonesia, October 9th to 14th. This is also the third episode of three, where we dive deeper into the theme of the FSC General Assembly, which is all about shaping solutions for resilient forests. Today, we will talk about how FSC can be used as a tool to deliver on the Sustainable Development Goals, or the SDGs, as they're often referred. More specifically, I've invited a panel of guests to enlighten me on how they're working with FSC and the goals, and how the two frameworks might supplement each other. You will hear from three different voices on this podcast. Anna Karina Paris, Strategic Advisor at FSC International, Felix Romero, Director General de Medio Natural e Biodiversidad, and Udo Felden, Manager of Global Environmental Affairs at SIG CompuBlock. And don't worry, I'll let them all introduce themselves and where they come from in the interview. But before we dive deep into the topic of how FSC might deliver on the SDGs, we need to stop first and ask ourselves why forests are so important for delivering on the SDGs. Let's hear what Anna Karina has to say. Well, I think the answer is simple. Forests are the most diverse ecosystems as they sustain life on Earth. So basically, they are essential for humanity to achieve the SDGs. At least it is clear to me that to achieve the SDGs, we urgently need to rebalance our relationship with nature and our relationship with forests, for me, is a prime example. But most importantly, we need to talk about healthy and resilient forests and not only about forests, assuming that they will thrive by themselves. We know now that forests are more vulnerable than ever and that they are losing their ability to support us. This is where FSC and forest stewardship provide something unique. And we cannot have then resilient forests without forest stewardship. Resilient, healthy forests can be great catalysts to help us fight global challenges such as climate change, biodiversity loss, social inequities, and to reach the sustainable development goals. So I'm talking about uh, aspects such as no poverty, zero hunger, healthy lives and well-being, quality education, gender equality, clean water, and many others. Because we know that the SDGs as such are a framework for change, and they really highlight key focus and key areas, and forest and FSC solutions are everywhere, at least in 14 out of the 17, and FSC is featured as an official indicator on the Global Goal 15, which is about life on land and mean to protect, restore, promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems and sustainable forest management and all these solutions that FSE provides in itself. Mm. So it sounds like that when we're talking about forest and forest value, we, we actually go way beyond the extraction value, the, the timber and, and the market that we create. Yeah, we, we are not talking about one single value. And, and our 2050 vision in the global strategy is really about creating or having a new paradigm where the true value of the forest is recognized and fully incorporated into society. That means that FSC has a holistic understanding of the value of forest, as you mentioned. So when you ask members, staff about the value of forest, you get multiple answers from a really tangible aspect such as livelihoods or forest products 
to intangible values such as mental health, spiritual needs. And this is precisely where the role of FSE features because our role is to develop solutions that help realize the true value so that our benchmark for forest stewardship ensures that all these values are maintained, enhanced, restored. You, you were mentioning a, an important point about the yeah, extraction value. So traditionally, timber was seen as the main value and also the main problem affecting forests through timber trade. And FSE found ways to address these issues through our leading certification solution that indeed have trans has transformed timber markets. But from the beginning, FSC has been all about forest stewardship and the founding members knew that this was the solution. Now that challenges, that we know that challenges are way more complex than what we thought 30 years ago, we still understand and we know for sure that forest stewardship is more relevant than ever. And a society realizes that forests and ecosystems have multiple values FSC is also looking at ways to connect forest values to existing and new markets, for instance, through ecosystem services claims. We talk about climate change, carbon, biodiversity, soil, water recreation, so that this internalization of forest values can continue and expand until we realize the true value of the forest from a more holistic way. Mm -hmm. Udo, I'd like uh, to actually pass on to you because I'm assuming that you and the company that you represent are on that same journey that Anna Karina is now describing where you move from having mainly a focus on forest as something where you extract value in, in terms of timber and products and then towards a more holistic one. Can you describe just where you're from and, and where you are in terms of the journey of, of traveling towards sustainability? Before I start talking about uh, where we are on, on sustainable forestry, I think it would be good to give a brief introduction about SIG, where the company I'm, I'm working for. SIG, Swiss Industry Group, is uh, one of the leading packaging solution providers, and our portfolio includes aseptic beverage cartons, uh, so that nice juice and, and dairy cartons, but also uh, bag-in-box and, and pouch packaging system. And we have a, a quite global out, outreach, uh, having production sites all over the world and producing, just to, to give uh, some numbers here, about 48 billion packaging last year uh, and having a 2.7 billion uh, revenue created. I'm now 18 years with the company. As Anna Karina said many years ago, it, it was mainly uh, to look at, at, at the wood uh, produced by the forest uh, so that the the wood harvested is not exceeding the regeneration of, of wood of the forest. That has, of course, changed in, in, in a more holistic way uh, to also look into all the other ecosystem services forests provide. And there is a, a play for, for the FSC certification, uh, which SIG started many years ago to implement in, in, in our corporate responsibility strategy, which we call Way Beyond Good. And we were leading our industry by bringing all our paperboard suppliers and all our factories around the world and all our sales units into FSC, uh, CUC certification, reaching a share of FSC paperboard supply already in 2016. 
machine to be able to label 100% of our packaging worldwide with, with the FSC label. And by yeah, partnering with, with our customers, uh, let it be retailers with their uh, own labels or the branded customers, by bringing the FSC label on pack, which now reached a, a level of uh, about 98% of our global packaging production. I'm a bit curious because you mentioned your sustainability program. It was called... Way Beyond Good, uh, we call it. Yes. So is that only focused on FSC or does that have like broader agendas, broader goals? No, it's, it's of course much broader. And we recently updated it. So we are focusing in, in our Way Beyond Good uh, until 2030 on resource positive, which means when we talk positive, that we want to contribute uh, more on, on that area than we take out. Uh, we also have defined uh, climate positive action areas, of course, and the forest positive action areas. There we have set meaningful targets, which we want to follow up until 2030. And on the forest positive side, uh, we aim to create or restore forests on a hectare uh, size of 650,000 hectare. The 650,000 hectare forest area is what we calculated roughly what we as SIG need on forest area to continuously supply wood to make the paperboard for our gardens. And we said, okay, we, we want to, to take that area which is already covered by FSC certification, so it is maintained in a good way as a forest area, but we want to, to make that additionality in the positive thinking to add the, the same amount of area or restored forest area. Mm, that's really interesting. Where in the world are you restoring forest? Were you sourcing or...? We, we have, uh, of course, different suppliers of, of paperboard. An important supply comes from Scandinavia, but there's also supply from China and, and Brazil for, for SIG. The projects where we want to restore do not necessarily have to connect with, with our supply chain. We are also open to, to invest in, in areas like uh, South America uh, or Africa, which are known to, to have high areas of forest losses and degradation. Spending money there is maybe even more impactful than going into other regions where forests are already well managed. We have started our journey, so there are at the moment no restoration projects or afforestation projects happening, but we are preparing together with partners, aim to partner with, with NGOs um, like WWF and Brainforest to identify uh, meaningful and, and most impact, um, impactful projects and make it most impactful for our total value chain. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It also goes back to what Anna Karina was talking about before that, that when you do that, you actually also have the opportunity to improve a lot more livelihoods. So it really makes sense to invest, especially in the global south. I'm a bit curious, Udu, are you using DSTGs as a framework on this journey that you're describing and, and in your strategic goal settings? As I, as I said, we, we started quite early, even before the SDGs were, were launched and our way beyond good is set in a such sustainable way that uh, it, it matches perfectly 
the SDGs. And we believe that the SDGs for SIG uh, sh should be focused uh, on our, our action where it, it makes the most meaningful contribution by su supporting systemic change at, at scale. And there, of course, the, the goal 15.2 uh, to promote the implementation of sustainable management of all types of forests is extremely important, as I, as I just uh, described. But also the other SDGs addressed by, by our uh, way beyond good in a quite uh, good and, and fairly way. Mm -hmm. You say that it's matched up against it, but it doesn't sound like you're actually using the SDGs as a pillar or as the whole skeleton behind the way beyond good. Exactly. It's, it's more the opposite, yeah, that we uh, created our way beyond good, uh, identifying the, the focus areas and that we then match it and check how it contributes to the sustainable development goals of the UN. Mm -hmm. Are you using FSC in that uh, in that connection to uh, to show where it actually brings value to the STDs? Yeah, of course. We really believe in in, in FSC as it's a three three chamber uh, principle and the equal power of of the social, economic, and environmental chamber is for us key. By by that, it is ensured that. The, the social uh, requirements and, and social SDGs are very well uh, addressed uh, by the FSC certification as well as the environmental parts uh, in, in the SDGs. And in the end, it is, of course, all about poverty and, and also bringing a good income uh, to people. So the economic part is, is also re reflected in, in balance with, with the two other social and, and environmental pillars. So FSC is for us the perfect tool to address um, the SDGs. It sounds like this is a, quite an investment for SIG as a company. Are you seeing this bring value back into the company? And if so, how? For sure, it brings value back. In, in the beginning, you are going a little bit in the, in the visionary uh, style, yeah, believing in an FSC. But then being in the beginning visionary, Of course, you, you come then to the point where we are today that you can harvest uh, what you, you have planted uh, many years before together with, with our customers that we can now today feel very safe that our business, our value chain, our products are not connected to unsustainable topics you know, we have all that beauty of the FSC certification addressing the social and um, environmental values. And that gives not only um, a framework where we feel safe, it, it also let us and our customers uh, hopefully feel yeah, superior yeah, by pioneering and contributing that life on, on, on land and the forest ecosystems are maintained and thriving and uh, that what, what we do is not harming the planet and, and the, and the um, life on land and the forest, but it is thriving and supporting it. As we are listed on the uh, stock market, of course, investors are, are very interested and how we do our business. And, and there, FSC plays an important role. 
And that is recognized. Anna Corinna, I'd actually like to bring you back in because we're hearing here from SIG that they've invested massively for many years and they plan to invest even more in ensuring a positive footprint on the planet. What are we as FSC doing to make sure that these investments become even more valuable for companies like SIG, but also for forests and, and for people? Udo mentioned several things. And overall, our 2026 objective states that we need to demonstrate the value and the benefits of forest stewardship in 300 million hectares. I always emphasize that the objective is not only about hectares, but about this demonstration. And I heard Udo mentioning several times that word, demonstration of value and benefits, so that this will ultimately help us consolidate our role as the most credible validation for forest stewardship. And this has value for society. This demonstration creates a win-win for, for people overall. It is a win-win for forest stewards, for smallholders and communities, for indigenous peoples, for governments willing to collect and report against their sustainability commitments, and of course, for sustainable businesses like SIG aiming to drive positive change. In FSC, we, we are expanding our ability to, to grasp this value in, in brackets from forest stewardship and finding ways to connect them to markets, new markets, existing markets, and sustainable finance is a great example, or key players like governments that traditionally have been the players that FSC engages with. As a system, we are in a journey to become more data and outcome-driven, and the focus is how we can use this data to demonstrate the positive impact of our certification system from consumer behavior to key climate change factors, carbon, biodiversity, water, social impacts, and many more, I really want to emphasize that while data is key for FSC's integrity and credibility, data is per se a new value proposition for FSC to offer to all players in, in society. And this is a golden opportunity for, for the FSC system and for the world in general. Hmm. Which kind of data are you referring to there that might help us bring value back to consumers and to, to companies? In your previous question, you mentioned uh, extractive value that was timber, but then people and we as a system want to demonstrate what really lies then in behind all this value creation. So it's also a factor of demand of which data the world needs to, to see carbon, biodiversity, soil, that these ones I mentioned, we have the ecosystem services procedure. That is a great start. And we see this has high demand from different players and it creates this win-win situation. Felix, I, I'd like to transition to you now because Anna Karina mentioned governments a couple of times in, in her answer just before. I might be wrong here, but I'm assuming that your focus on forest and forest areas is a Slightly different one than the one that Udo has, which is very, very much focused on deriving products and, and ensuring that when you derive products that you're not causing harm. Can you just introduce to us where, where you're from and, and how you work with forest values? Well, I'm the director general of uh, Castilla-La Mancha region or Castilla-La Mancha, in, if you say uh, literally in English. And this is the third largest region in Spain and therefore one of the largest uh, regions in the, in the whole European Union. We have a forest area of 3.7 million hectares, of which 
2.7 are uh, tree covered. You know, we are based in the Mediterranean area where not only tree covered area is important, but also there is a lot of biodiversity in other, what we call forest lands, but not necessarily tree covered areas. But it's still 2.7 million are tree covered. As a director general of Natural Environment and Biodiversity. I am part of the regional government in the Regional Ministry of Sustainable Development, where SDGs are clear guideline on, on how we should uh, report to the society. Actually, I have a colleague of me who is the Director General of Agenda 2030. So we have a specific directorate working on, on, on Agenda 2030. In terms of uh, what you were asking me, Yes, I mean, in a Mediterranean country, is not only production what we look at when we are managing forest. We are especially interested in avoiding one of our major threats in this moment, especially in climate change conditions, which is forest fires. And, and for preventing forest fires, it is absolutely necessary to work in large scale in the territory. And uh, forest management is, is, is very important. Uh, and we need to understand that forest management in this uh, part of Europe, in the Mediterranean countries, it costs money. It is not uh, a profitable business. It's a, it's a business in which we need to invest a lot of public money to basically implementing the, the management plans. Uh, and actually, one of the subjects that we have here is that we, we traditionally, we are not able of, of having the whole uh, forest management plans uh, up to date because uh, the lack of budget that we, that we have for covering the whole area that we have. Connecting with that, it is the, the depopulation in rural areas. Uh, I mentioned you, we are a region of 3.7 million hectares of forest lands, which is basically 50% of our region. Our region is 8 million hectares and we, we have a population of 2 million people. This is completely the contrary to Madrid region, where it is the capital of Spain, where they have 8 million people in 2 million hectares. So this also gives you an idea of how difficult it is to manage the whole landscape with a low population. There is not a strong budget for covering what traditionally has not been a priority, I think, in, in, in the balance account of any government. I mean, forest lands, nature is there. We take a lot of advantage of them. We use the ecosystem services they provide, but we don't put this into our balance account. And this is one of the of the priorities that we have actually in, in this moment. Let me just make sure that I got, understood you correctly. So what you're saying is that because you have a low population, you don't have a very high tax income and therefore the budgets are really restrained. Is that correctly understood? Is that absolutely correct? I mean, the, the, the budget in, in, in any region, in any country is directly connected to the capacity of taxation and, and, of course, your GDP. And I think this is a subject that we have here in the Mediterranean countries. Mm -hmm. But I think this is also something that we can translate into other parts of the world. I mean, uh, many countries in, in, in the tropical areas and other countries in the Mediterranean area, uh, they, I think they, they face the same challenges. I, I completely agree with you that that easily can be translated to other areas of the world. And you're then mentioning that you're seeing ecosystem services as a potential part of the solution. Can you put a few more words to that? Absolutely. Yeah, ecosystem services for us, actually, Castilla-La Mancha is, is strongly working on this at, in Spain, of course, but also at the European level. For us, it's, it's very simple. I mean, if people have moved from rural areas to their cities, 
just to simplify. And if we create basically our economy around urban areas where people and industries are basically living and creating economy, we cannot separate the economy from the natural capital which sustain that economy. I mean, there is no water in the cities if there is no sustainable managed forest contributing to the water cycle, or there is not possibility of fighting against climate change, whereas we are still burning gas and oil in cities and industries or in our cars. And on the other hand, we don't have healthy forests absorbing that, that, that CO2 and the growth of economy is only real if we, at the same time, we are not uh, reducing dramatically our natural capital. And for that, we need to measure the capacity of our forests and forest lands and ecosystems, generally speaking, producing ecosystem services. And we, we need to be able of measuring how much money we need to invest to ensure the good level of management of those areas, to, to ensure that those areas are ecologically working, are, are functional from an ecological point of view. And for that, we need to measure how much money we need to invest in, in, in sustainable management of, of those areas, forest areas or other kind of ecosystems. And we need to be able of mobilize enough budget to ensure that those ecosystems are well attended, well, well managed finally. And then for that, we need market tools. And in that case, also in Castilla-La Mancha, we have uh, changed part of our legislation. We have created specific mandates to measure ecosystem services, to use different tools for, for doing that. And actually, we have also created what we call Alliance for Ecosystem Services of Castilla-La Mancha, where we want to bring together corporate sector, non-governmental organizations with the government to say, okay, we have a common challenge. How can we really work together to mobilize more resources and which are the tools that we need to use, which are credible for all of us to, to achieve this goal. And it is there where FSC is helping us as a tool for, first of all, having a clear goal. Our goal is sustainable forest management and we want to use a common framework for our people, for all our engineers in, in our five provinces. And the second part is we want to use the ecosystem services tool of FSC to put in value those externalities, positive externalities of our forest and connecting them with the voluntary market and, and corporate social responsibility of, of many companies. And I think this is uh, something that it is absolutely necessary for, for our region. So you mentioned that that you're using FSC to give you the data points that you need from a financial point of view and, and to show that uh, you are actually having sustainable forest management and, and to show the need and the effect of investments in ecosystem services. Are you also using FSC to give you the metric points that you need for reporting on the STDs? Absolutely. It is one of the tools that we use for, for demonstrate how we are managing our forest. I've, I've been here since the end of 2019. And in these three years, what we, what we are doing is to, to identify you know, the tools that 
we could use to report against 2030. We have a specific Directorate General, which is called Directorate General of Agenda 2030. And one of the best ways to report how are we progressing in forest management is to demonstrate how are we progressing in forest certification. We had an initial goal of having 200,000 hectares FSC certified by the end of 2023. Uh, we are now more or less at the 50% of that goal. And I hope that actually we, we reach that goal, not at the end of 2023, but at the more or less mid-2023. So FSC is absolutely a, a tool that we use for, for measuring our progress and also a, a, a tool that we use for, for measuring how much, uh, for example, conservation areas or how much mature forest uh, we, we have in our scheme of forest management. Mm. So if you were to look at FSC and, and you had one big wish, one thing that you wanted FSC to implement or change to make it even easier for you to deliver on the SDGs and, and use it for your reporting, what would that be? From my point of view, and because we are a region, a Mediterranean region, that we need to put in value, specifically those ecosystem services, one very important thing for us is to accelerate in the market of ecosystem services. I think FSC can play a strong role in that. I think uh, we need to deliver and to reach out more and more companies understanding why it's important investing from a voluntary approach in ecosystem services. I, I trust very much that FSC can play a strong role there. I think uh, we, are, we, we have some experiences already and we are working with some companies. We have uh, working with them in the scope of corporate social responsibility. They want to sponsor some ecosystem service certificates that we have now in Castilla-La Mancha. And I think to accelerate that from FSC to take the leadership there in FSC and, and keeping working in that direction would be a real contribution also to increase the interest of governments and private owners in using FSC as a tool, as a metric for for SDGs, not for, for, for demonstrate their progress against the SDGs. So I think this is the new area where FSC have a, a new world to, to develop the, the role of FSC in the SDGs scope. Mm -hmm. Udo. Felix is calling for more focus on ecosystem services and an acceleration of that. What would you call for or ask for if I asked you? Yeah, well, the ecosystem service <laughs> request from, from Felix is already ex extremely uh, important and, and addressing also the need we see to go beyond the stewardship approach uh, and, and also show the, the impact FSC creates on the ground in the forest. And that is something where I would say today we are on a level that we, that we use FSC certification to say we, we do something good. We believe that it is sufficient what, what we do when we, when we uh, utilize the FSC certification to demonstrate also uh, the fulfillment of, of SDGs, but it is not really clear what the exact impact is. SRG aims to restore or create forest area in an amount of 650,000 hectares. And, and there in the restoration, yeah, it, it can be, of course, discussed to, to what extent, what is the baseline, uh, how much restoration is needed. And therefore, ecosystem service plays an important role, but 
there we have to consider that there also must be a, a link to the uh, created to the product. And there, looking in, into our value chain, we are using the mix certification, which is necessary in the in the paper business. And there we we have issues, for example, to create a link of ecosystem service certification along the the value chain of of mix certified products to the final product. And that is something where I would say FSC should should work on to improve to make it possible to to really calculate the impact FSC creates in the forest management uh, and to link that along the value chain to the to the final product that there uh, is an opportunity for the companies like like SIG using the FSC certification to express clearly on, on the level of impact created by by using the FSC certification. So are you asking for a traceability tool or more a generic, we've invested in this kind of forest area and that amounts to this much and therefore we can claim on each one of our products that we've done this and this? I'm asking for uh, a traceability connect yeah? to, to really have a value created for the product you, you place on the market, which can be ex expressed in, in numbers, in impact mm -hmm. numbers. Okay. Interesting and a first from a favorite industry client, I must say, having been around forever. Anna Karenna, how do you hope that we will make it easier for companies and governments and all of out there to work with the SDGs and show the value for us? Yes, as we all mentioned, we know we have that indicator, 15.2.1. Uh, so we are within the framework or of sustainable forest management and forest area independently verified in this case by FSC. But we need to definitely go beyond that as accountability and reporting mechanisms against the SDGs get refined and improved. We need to continue working on how to better connect, uh, as Udo said, uh, link these efforts of all actors in the FSC system, not only in forests, but also creating connections within the entire value chain. But also, as I mentioned, we realize there is high demand for streamlined solutions and that we can, I still consider, we, we can unleash that potential of data to communicate positive outcomes and impact to really show this value and to really grow or, or expand our offering as a system. The SDGs are a great framework, but we need to connect to other global agendas. And this is expanding. And uh, the Global Biodiversity Agenda is a, an, an example, which will provide a global framework for nature, for biodiversity, that will be adopted in December. That, um, as the Paris Agreement was for climate in 2015, this will be the equivalent for biodiversity. Here we are working to ensure that FSC certification and also the ecosystem services procedure are seen as proxies for implementation and we are also looking at ways on how we can tap into emerging implementation opportunities that are more action-driven and that can support governments uh, like Castilla-La Mancha to report against the SDGs, climate, biodiversity commitments, 
And I really like how Felix explained how FSC can help a government in multiple ways. I was really pleased to, to see this list of things where FSC provides solution. We help governments to provide a clear goal, a common framework to measure natural capital. And then FSC can be used as a system to, to gather metrics and most importantly, to factor these so that FSE is a tool that helps governments to sustain the economy. This is, this is quite relevant and this is a role that we can play. And these words of acceleration and improvements in the entire supply chain, I also get uh, uh, from, from Udo, are really key. And it's really about yeah, a value creation system for all actors in society and, and work together with many players such as SIG and the government of Castilla-La Mancha to really uh, catalyze this change as the global strategy says. So it sounds like you're almost advocating for a crosswalk of these different global agendas, these different global frameworks and FSC and then identification of, of metric points that we can then deliver for governments and for companies using FSC. Well, overall, all global challenges are interconnected and we tend to see them in silos. No? We, we started seeing deforestation, we are talking about climate change, biodiversity loss, we had global pandemics, but overall, this is all systemic. And if global challenges are systemic, solutions should be also systemic. And this is where FSE can play a role because our solution through forest stewardship is systemic. So this can really help measure and value the role that nature plays in our life, in our economies. And, and this is big. This is something where FSE has something relevant and meaningful for, for society to contribute. With this, I would like to thank our three guests today. If you want to learn more about this topic and engage in the debate, I strongly encourage you to register for our General Assembly and participate in it either in person or virtually. See much more on that and register at ga.fsc.org. That was ga.fsc.org. And hurry up because time is running out. The event is from October 9th to 14th. As mentioned in the beginning, this was the third of three episodes. So if you want to learn more about how we might scale investments in forest-based solutions to mitigate climate change and the biodiversity crisis, I urge you to go back to episode 47, where we talk much more about that. And if you're interested in the role of people, communities, workers, indigenous people, etc., in co-creating solutions for forests, you should listen to episode 48. And if you want to be part of the debate, if you want to be part of developing solutions, please join us at the General Assembly. If I haven't convinced you yet to participate in the event virtually or in person, here's a testimony from one of the founding members of FSC, Richard Donovan. You might take his word for it. One of the things about FSC is everybody that comes there cares about forests and communities. And that's just always been consistently true throughout the history of the FSC going back to the early 1990s. And it's something that we go through painful moments in the General Assemblies, tough moments, but I have always felt afterwards a certain joy that comes out of them, the camaraderie, the pointed discussions and disagreements, and maybe even coming to agreements on things. 
So I think it's really important for people to be at the General Assembly if they're an FSE member and to feel that they're part of a larger community that cares about forests everywhere and anywhere. This episode was brought to you by our top General Assembly sponsors, SIG and Arauco. A sincere thank you from FSC for the support in making this important democratic event happen. Remember to subscribe to Forest of the Future if you want to get notified of new episodes. I am Laura Worm, and this was Forest for the Future. Forest for the Future.